You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, guys, is a guest I've been trying to get on the show for years, and it finally happened, and I was so stoked to get this one done for you guys. I've been I've been wanting to talk to this dude for a very long time, uh, even before I had the show. Just interesting, interesting person. And uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one with Mr. Tom DeLong from Blink-182, from Angels and Airwaves, from Boxcar Racer, from To The Stars Academy. Um, a lot of you guys have read his books, seen his uh, his uh, stance on UFOs, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, but Blink-182 was a big band for me uh, back when I was growing up and, and still is, but um, a band that really influenced a lot of the things we did, much like Green Day and, and uh, Operation Ivy and all those bands that really imprinted on us that, uh, hey, we could do this thing, uh, had a big part in in becoming who we become now, you know, uh, from musicians to the Portugal The Man guys, like all of us were influenced by Blink-182 and and, uh, and Tom's work. So it was a pleasure to have him on. I had an absolute blast and uh, I'm really, really stoked to bring this to you guys. So uh, let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Uh, if you want to show it to a friend, uh, let a friend know about the show, send them to the website because it's going to have all the episodes on there. It's going to have everything, uh, you know, all the merch, all that stuff, all, all in one spot. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, if you have guest ideas, questions, concerns, anything like that, send it my way. I love getting all the messages every week from you guys and and showing you guys are truly engaged in what we're doing and, and bringing up uh, super relevant things that uh, we either talked about on the show or, or questions you have. I'm always happy to answer any of that. Uh, so keep those coming in. Uh, I want you guys to join the Facebook group. Uh, it's the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. Just search that in the search bar. Uh, select that you want to join the group. We'll add you in. That gets you, you know, who's coming on, uh, 
anything strange that happened or, or, you know, general discussion stuff. Um, we go deep on some things, but, uh, for the most part, it's just kind of an update on, on what's going on in the show in real time. Uh, it's an easier way to connect with people. Uh, and I've really enjoyed it. So check out the Facebook group. Also check out the premium service, which is, uh, all the videos of the shows. We have the past cast, which is other podcasters and I discussing their favorite episodes of the show. Uh, and an ad-free feed, so you don't have to listen to any of the ads. That's also a, uh, a plus to that. So peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the premium service if you want to sign up for that and help support the show. Another way you can support the show is through our Twitch. Uh, we've just been streaming a lot of the episodes live on Twitch. I just finished one uh, for the fifth anniversary of the show and uh, literally just wrapped it on Twitch. And it was great, and I'm really loving the platform of being able to to do these live with you guys watching. Um, it, it makes it really, really cool because we still do things the way that I do them, uh, where we're not you know involved in the chat necessarily, but knowing you guys are watching it along with me as it happens is kind of a special thing, and I really think it's a cool medium. So we are going to push that. So it's twitch.tv slash podcast if you want to give us a follow. Um, I really... Really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. And if this is your first time listening uh, due to Tom DeLong being on the show, definitely go back to the archives. We've got 240 or 230 some episodes uh, of great, great stuff for you guys to check out. So thank you. Welcome. Uh, and hopefully you guys stick around. All right, guys, I'm going to stop rambling. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Tom DeLong from Blink-182 and Angels and Airwaves. Hey, Tom. Hi. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm pouring sugar into my drink. It's stevia. This is uh, what healthy people use. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Stevia. Fantastic. What are you drinking? Ever heard of it? Natural <laughs> shit. <laughs> what else healthy? I'm a triathlete. Hell yeah. I'm not at all. I'm not. I don't do fucking anything like that. <laughs> what are you drinking? Just coffee? No. Fuck no. This is an oat milk iced latte. Jesus this Christ. This is the best. This is so. Have you? Do you like oat milk? Do you, are you? Have you found that fucking train yet? I have so not good. gotten on the alt milk train. I think that's what it's called. Is the alt milk train? My wife's a vegan, I'm, so she has it for sure. Well, then she's withholding things from you, and this is an important marriage conversation. <laughs> you got to sit with her and be like, "You never told me about oat milk and how good it is." And she will <laughs> be like, if she gets red and she's been hiding something, then you know. So you got to get a therapist. You got to walk through that, figure it out, dude. I'll just have to bring her to my therapist with me and we'll save some money. Cause if we're going to be yeah. buying all this alt milk, dude, <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I've been, uh, I reached out to Jimmy like a year ago and things were going crazy and, uh, it's been a while, but then, uh, yeah, we made it happen. And, uh, through a, a mutual, mutual client friend, possibly that, uh, Got the ball rolling on that, and I really appreciate the uh, the time, dude. Well, sure, and uh, anybody that interviews me, 99% of the time, I'm in my truck right near the beach because I live at the beach kind of, so like I'm, I'd rather like be near the beach, get some coffee and talk uh, sure. than, um, than not. So if you're wondering, like, I'm not on the freeway going 90 right now, I am, uh, <laughs> which would be badass with my knee up. And I'm just like this. Well, yeah, my car, you see things flying through the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would just assume it was a Tesla. Dude, that's self-driving yeah. No, fuck no. It's a Ford, dude. I'm a man. I hear you. It's what we do. Speaking of I have knives and guns back here and shit. <laughs> oh shit, dude. Sounds like my studio here. Knives, guns, uh, all sorts of shit, dude. Uh, I saw this morning you're you're building a house and trying yeah yeah i've been building one for for a couple of years now it's like you know in san diego you got the county you got this you got a process obviously like any other place but the permit process is usually like you know it's 60 days or something but it's literally been a year a year i was literally going to kill people for the first time in my life i was like i think i need to murder and uh then i finally just got it done so um, but I was supposed to be in this place like a year and a half ago, but, um, it's, uh, but you know, Hey, I, everything's meant to be, you know, it's obvious pandemic hurts so many people. What am I complaining about? You know, dude. My, my, fucking, my house isn't built. You know, it's like, dude, I, I, I'm okay. I'm just, it's just a frustrating process. Yeah, dude. I, I, I saw that this morning. Just, it just came up randomly on my Instagram and it got me thinking about people because you know, I've kept some friends that have big Instagrams, but what it's like having an Instagram with almost a million followers when you read through the comments, like you could post anything you wanted. You could post a drink picture of your drink and the comments would be hilarious of people that, that just do it. Like people <laughs> have that much time to just comment. It'll never be seen except maybe by me if I'm yeah. scrolling through it, but, or even understand what it's like to have an Instagram like that. If you're running it yourself, people try to message you and it's like, what is the point of this? Like it's, it well, just gets yeah. lost. Well, you know, I'll get like naked stuff from people. I'll get like, I hate you. Go back to blink. I'll get, Hey, it's my brother's birthday. And you met me 13 years ago at a trash can near a Walmart. You remember? So can you call him? You know, like, it's like shit like that, you know? And you're like, 
Yeah. You know, you know, what's funny. Um, people come up to me all the time where they say, dude, like, do you remember on the last warp tour 18 years ago, I was the guy with the pink shirt and you came around your bus and I was like right there. Uh, and, and you, so, it's so awkward. You have to like, I pretty much go, Oh my God, dude, I can't believe you're here. Yeah. I do remember. How are you? It's way easier than letting them down. You know? Yeah. I feel bad. Isn't it weird how to be in that position though? Like, those people remember that the rest of their life, that moment that now, you weird. can't yeah, you that naturally can't remember. It's not that you don't want to. You can't. You have no, too many of them. Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. Like, there's things where I remember, too, like that it's happened. It's the reverse. I remember the first when I met Sting. I didn't really meet Sting. He would walk past me into an elevator. And and when he walked into the elevator, he he turned around. So like, like he walked this way. Right. And he turns around like this and the doors are shutting like this. And I, and I looked at him and we make eye contact and then the door shut. <laughs> it was such an awkward, weird, super direct in our eyes together. Yeah. Um, and I'll remember that for the rest of my life. I don't know if he cares. I don't know if Sting cares about that meeting with me, that eye meeting. I'll remember that. That's your first tantric orgasm. Well, that's what he does. Like, like, before you know it, you're having an orgasm by sting, and uh, he'll he'll get you. He'll fucking get you. Yeah, you can't listen to what is it, love in an elevator anymore, right? Brings back too many oh, memories. Shit. That's that's. I didn't even that's, think about that. That's a really good point. That's what he did. Sting he covers elevator. Sting covers love in an elevator. elevator. Had they all had sex and fucking orgasms and shit. As soon as those doors shut, it was gnarly in there. Dude. Yeah. Were you wearing a pink shirt? So 15 years from now, you can tell them the same thing. I wasn't even wearing a shirt, brother. I never wear a shirt. Usually I'm putting on for this, but I don't wear shirts. Dude. Well, dude. you. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. This this is awesome. I Meeting Sting in an elevator. Well, locking eyes with Sting in an elevator. Who knew we were going to go to this spot? This is this is what this whole thing's all about. I'm sure well, I, I, you, you brought up comments that make no sense and why. And then if you really think about all the shit we've talked about, mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing. None of this really matters at all. That's true. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> orgasms, elevators, you know, pink shirts, dude, construction, you know, construction, literally I mean, the process. building blocks of human existence. Yes. Yes. Tantric, tantric orgasms, uh, alt melt, tantric construction, tantric construction. Yes. Dude. Uh -huh. That's a new concept for you. <laughs> for you, it is. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> Do you want to know anything else about me, or is I, this it? No, dude. This is good. Interviews done. This is good. That's all I needed. Yeah, that's all, that's I, needed. all I needed. I literally just had four tantric orgasms, and I'm gonna go buy some alt milk on the way home, and I'm done, dude. My my life is good. Uh, <laughs> the, the reason I brought up building the house is because when I left, when I left Portugal, the man in, in 2007, I had to get a real job and it was, uh, I'm now a commercial plumber by trade and tantric plumber, tantric plumber. Yes. I don't wear, I, I have done this. I have to inspire my crew. I took my shirt off with, I'm 360 pounds, six foot five. Took my shirt off with my overalls still on and worked an entire afternoon on a construction site in downtown Portland just to make them smile. Wow. And it felt Very nice. fantastic. A little bit of chafing from those clips on the goddamn things, but uh, 
it worked. But it your heart smile. was in the right place. Yeah. yeah, you made him smile. Yeah. But you yeah. you did construction work for a little while, didn't you? Way back. I delivered. Um, so when you go to like a gas station and you see all those little manholes everywhere, you know, there's tanks of fuel under the ground. Yeah. So what they yeah. what those tanks leak. So what they do is when you see the tiny manholes covers, those are pipes that go deep down that are perforated pipes. And those basically let water seep into it from the ground, natural water. And then they, they can go down and test the water, easily see if the oil or the gas or whatever the fuck it is, is leaking. I would deliver those pipes and all of the types of sand and concrete, not concrete. It's like different types of sand that they would need because because it's weird. Like they would dig this hole and they would put this long pipe into it and then they would surround it with very clean granulated types of sand. And the geologists would always dictate what they needed. But what happened was, <clears throat> is I would tow behind a forklift and have pallets, like literally like 12 pallets of like hundred pound bags of concrete and different types of sand. And then I would have all these, those big, huge oil drums, like the big black steel oil drums that weigh like fucking a thousand pounds each. And I, they would, uh, okay, we need 30 oil drums and we need, you know, 75 bags of this kind of concrete and four pallet, whatever. So I, I would have these fucking fork, I'd drive this around. And then one day I jumped the forklift because I was trying, I got it going really fast. It's huge, by the way. This is like a fucking, the size of an F-150 forklift towed behind a big flatbed. And so I got it going pretty good and I caught some air, but I broke it. And like the dumbass I am, now I have to lift all that shit by hand. By hand, like fucking mm -hmm. one bag at a time. And like, and I'm 6'4", and like the, the flatbed comes up to here. So I have to uh, get all the way up on it, walk over, uh, 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 and put it on the side of the truck, then jump down ugh, and then take it uh, and just walk it over. And say, oh my God, dude. It was the worst. It broke my back. I punched out the fucking window on the truck, shattered the glass. I went back, my Bob, what happened? I was like, hit a rock, a rock looking at my window, you know? Um, but it was the worst job. It was so hard. Like, and, and, uh, and I was like a skateboarder and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life work? What is this? Yeah, what is this shit? <laughs> you know? but, and plumbing's hard too, because with plumbing, it's like, fuck someone's house can explode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, there's a lot of responsibility in plumbing. I don't think people really realize that because you do something wrong. It either floods the house or people like die, yeah. <laughs> you know? So you gotta be good at what you do. You know, it's not like, uh, it's just, it's funny because plumber, it doesn't really have like the name that it should have. It yeah. should be like a, a gas and liquidologist or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this should, for, for the amount of responsibility, I guess. Dude. Well, it's funny because like the things you, you are, are known for now, mostly besides music are like big things that are like big concepts and, and things that, that affect humanity. If you think about it, plumbing the guy who invented the P-trap eradicated more disease than any doctor in humankind. The P-trap under your sink. How? Because it stopped yeah. letting the sewer gas into the house. People were getting oh, sick. Oh, seriously? Literally, this little P-trap under your sink eradicated more diseases than any doctor Does has it hold in history. water or something it so holds, the gas can't get through? It holds water in that little dip that stops. It's simple. It literally uses water to stop all that those germs and disease from coming into the building. But what I don't understand is how does it get the other stuff past it? It just pressure pushes it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Interesting. It's so, so simple. Water but, pressure fills up the 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 tailpiece, and that forces the water through because it's graded after no that. I literally up until last week, because we had a drain clogged in my master bath at his house we're renting. And I was, I opened the counter and I was like, I don't know what the fucking, why? I was like pissed. And I was like, what do I do? I don't know what to do, but why is that little U shaped pipe there? Is that, I, I remember thinking literally days ago that that was brilliant because it helps people find their wedding rings and shit. That's all I thought it was for. That's why they put the little nut at the bottom is so you can open it without taking it apart to get your ring back. But it was initially designed for saving lives. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's how my, I always thought my penis was the same thing. (laughs) It was designed to save lives. Yep. But now it's, it's just sewage water. And the nut at the bottom, you can get all the, all the piercings out, the rings and shit. Yeah. You get all the piercings, whatever you need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you sneeze and suck them in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ruin your show. We got to, I got to keep you like more professional here. Dude, you can't ruin my show. You okay, can't. good. You cannot. It's impossible. I talked. Okay, Ian McKay was on, and we talked about porn the whole time. Hey, you can't fuck around on this. Don't show. be throwing out like fucking names like that without us digging into it. <laughs> I was on the biggest Fugazi dive literally yesterday, just going deep. Really, and uh, and it's just funny that you brought that up. Do you know that I went to Ian? Uh, he went to Coachella, and I saw him at like the big hotel out there. Mm-hmm. And I haven't met him before. I was like, hey, dude, I'm Tom. I'm from Blink. And, and like, I just want to meet him. He was like, oh, hey, whatever. He's like super nice. We talked. And, um, and I said, hey, I got something for you. This is just an idea. And I will guarantee you, no one's throwing this at you before. So just take your time to digest it. But I'm going to throw it at you. And he goes, okay, what is it? And I said, Fugazi, but with like giant lights and pyro and lasers. And I'm all, I know, I know at first fucking... You, you hear it and it doesn't make much sense to you I'm all, but fuck, have you seen ACDC or Metallica? Like when they do like something important with the music and whoa, all the lights and shit. I'm all, imagine that shit on in on the kill taker, or like fucking merchandise or repeater, like any of that mm-hmm. cool shit. Like imagine their dynamics was everything. When they came out, like we were like a punk band could be like fucking good, like musicians and like clever a punk band can get quiet and then really loud mm-hmm. and so that's why i was thinking about could you imagine that if with a fucking dope light show but obviously he laughed out loud and he goes i have never heard anyone say that to me before ever before i said i know i know <laughs> that's where i live i live in that realm dude tell <laughs> him you've got two letters already you can rent him from that fuck sign that lights up you can literally start the fugazi with that and just make the rest yeah yeah and honestly you know what's funny if blink was smart we would have literally not spelled fuck we would have just had fugazi <laughs> just said that's who we are <laughs> yeah, well, that line. well you that's what you could have said well you want to see it and show him the youtube video of that fucking back in the day fugazi mm-hmm. god damn it that would be really funny. That actually would be something like no effects would do. Yeah. Like no effects. Like I remember like we were with them um, at some festival, punk rock festival in Europe or somewhere. And, uh, you know, all the bands and I'm sure yours did too. Like we all get these giant banners that are like fucking 40 by 30 feet tall. And it's oh, like yeah. your name. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, Slipknot or fucking whatever the fuck you put on your banner. Um, 
they lowered one that was literally 18 inches by 18 inches with ropes and it goes and it lowers down over sand and uh, smelly's head and and it's just a black and a white hand shaking hands It's like, it was just that and said, no effects. <laughs> it was the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I, It's just brilliant. It's just fucking brilliant. Like, it just makes you just, I remember when I saw them, it was no effects, the offspring on the good record, Ignition, you know, like when they first starting, mm-hmm. when, when like before the other stuff that was questionable, but the fucking, um, it was uh, no effects, offspring and then face to face and i was 16 and i'm sitting in the show in san diego and there's about 1500 punk rock kids and fucking mohawks and shit and like tearing the place apart and the jokes and the fucking speed and the energy and the casual nature of it i remember my smile being ear to ear and i go oh my god i have found my people you know I was already into punk and I was already freaking the fuck out. But when I saw it and experienced it as a 16 year old kid, I cannot tell you the impact it had on me. And, and, and cause I was like, you can, I, I remember I was like, you can fucking like say dick jokes and shit and that be yourself up there. And like, if you fuck, cause they were fucking up, they would fuck up the song and stop it. The song. And just like, who the fuck, who did that? You did that. I didn't fucking do that. No, he did that. He fucked up the song, you know? And I remember that moment going, they're just being them. They weren't like putting on this facade to be cool rock stars or something. And I go, this is literally like all my friends where Blink came from all skateboarders and shit. Like, I was like, this is literally like, they are us. I can't believe us are important. (laughs) That's what it felt like. It felt like my friends in the culture we created actually was happening in other places. And, um, and the, that, I don't know. It's just, I just thought of that when, when we talked about no effects, dude, that's, that's incredible. See, I see my band I saw when I was 16 was social distortion in Anchorage, uh, Alaska. And that same awesome. effect of just like, what is this? Like Chuck biscuits was playing drums. Like, Holy I, saw, I saw Chuck with them. Dude. We played with social D in Japan and Chuck was on there. And, and I remember I was like, God, they sound fucking good, dude. Yeah. Huge guitars, a wall of sound. Um, Dude. I remember, yeah, and Mike Ness. I was yeah. like, God, he's yeah. fucking cool. It's like Fonzie. I was like, fuck. Dude, I had Mike Ness booked on this show to do an interview, and my dad had heart surgery and didn't come out of it. He was 12 days in the ICU and passed. Oh, no. I was I'm literally, so sorry. this ties into something else I want to talk to you about, too, in, in a minute, but like, I, I was freaking out. Like, dude, this is the guy I saw then. Like, holy shit, I'm going to tell him about when my shoe got taken off crowd surfing and hit him in the leg and he stopped the show and said, who the fuck threw that shoe? Bitch, I'll fuck you in the ass. And oh, I wanted to shit. say, that was me. That was me. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. Dude, Mike up. Ness is about, he's like legit. Like he really does or did beat a lot of people up. He really is that cool. He really is into old cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he fucking someone told me he has like the biggest dick ever <laughs> like everything about him was like a man you know and i was like fuck god i want to be a man like that you know and then on the warp tour every night he was playing like um what's the fucking fuck me the tour buses the dice game like gambling mm-hmm. shit uh crap crap cra- not nah, crap what is this thing i don't know what they I don't know. I don't gamble, but this, whatever they were doing every night he ran a gambling thing on the ground with all the other punk bands and 
then everyone just wanted to be around Mike Ness. I mean, it was like, of course. I'll go lose a hundred bucks so I can hang out with Mike, you know? <laughs> but I mean, when, when I heard mommy's little monster as a kid, I was like, fuck dude, he's so cool. So cool. Like this guy, you know, it's funny face to face is a totally different type of band. I mean, they're, they don't have the angst or the, the, the fucking core thing that, that social distortion has or whatever. And, and, and nor just blink, you know, but, um, but what I did like about, I remembered when I saw face to face that same night, they had a wall of guitar sound. That's that, that, that I read that when I saw social distortion years later, I was like, Oh shit, there's a similar thing, big open chords, but the way they did it is something I just remember the way they mixed it in the live audience. It was interesting. I always, so when to this day, I always tell people, well, you know, I've seen face-to-face -face play in front of some big audiences and, and like them or not, I've always loved that band. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I just kind of grew up on it. It's just whatever. I was like, but they, they always have these big full body guitar tones of the way. And I said, social D was like that versus no effects is more crunchy and more delicate and more intricate or whatever. But, um, but yeah, there's not very many rock bands. It's like it's like the punk rock thing. The rock element was very, very in the social distortion kind of thing in for me, you know? Yeah. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ready for a head-bangingly good time? Dive into the world of heavy metal with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Here, we don't just talk music. 
we welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the headbanging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Dude, one thing I'm thinking about <laughs> back to you and Makai really quick. If you see him again, you need to continue this and you brought up Slipknot. Dude, have you ever thought about wearing masks and just have something totally fucked every time you meet him so he yeah. never forgets totally you? Totally different. You'll never forget me. Never. Well, have you guys done acid before? Like, what about if you did something like the wall where a plane <laughs> comes in? You know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I fuck it. I love that idea. But I thought when you said Slipknot, I, sh I thought where you were going with this was you guys should tour a Slipknot. You totally should tour <laughs> a Slipknot. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is very, it's very punk, you know, that'd That's be the very reunion. punk thing to do. They finally get back yeah. together to tour with Slipknot. How fucking <laughs> punk rock is, rock is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Slipknot's all pissed. They're like five bucks. Yeah. Five bucks to get in. We can't do that. <laughs> and there's no crowd left because he's kicked everyone out for moshing. He yeah. Gave them all their yeah. money Don't back. They make nothing. Dance. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. People have to like their backpacks. They're all can't move. Is this too much again? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> dude i i don't know if anyone said anything to you in that crowd when you were 16 but the guy next to me this giant biker in anchorage they went off for an encore like before the encore for social d and he's like you know what he's doing back there right now like what he's like he's having sex 
oh, he has sex in between. And I was just, I, I was 16. <laughs> I was like, he fucking he is having sex back there. He, he comes out, his be. hair is all messed up. I was like, it really does happen back there. <laughs> Wouldn't it be rad if that guy, that biker, turns to you? Because you know how I know. I was backstage. It was me. That was one of them. He's all don't go. He's all don't go back there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, do you remember playing? Do you remember playing in Anchorage like with Blink oh, back yeah. in the day, like the Egan Center? Yeah. I think it was. So yeah, that's funny. I do. Yeah, dude. Get it's a convention this. center type thing. Yeah. It. Uh. I. I mentioned I was going to be chatting with you on the Facebook group uh, for the show, and a buddy of mine, Jake he had the only triple rectifier in Anchorage when ah, you guys were renting here. He took oh, it. Oh, did we took, rent it? He took it to get repaired at mammoth music and they fucking rented it and didn't tell him to so, us. The, the, yeah. Yeah. The head he'd saved like his whole teenage years to buy. They totally rented it out from under him when they were repairing it. And he's like, I don't know why they've had this this long. And he totally got played. By this company That's but he's so like gnarly. you should mention this because uh I did, he's like i don't think he'd remember that and like we were talking about earlier yeah i was wearing the pink shirt and ready to the stamp but uh wow how fucking I would shady not have known that's so shady that's you know for a kid to save up for that amp yeah. is like it's like an adult saving up fucking to buy a house for 20 <laughs> years i mean that's Pretty expensive much. and then some other dudes like fuck it just give it to these like I mean, and we're like this just snot nosed little punk. I mean, that's fucking that's shady, dude. Yeah, yeah, but it, there's, there's no just law. A funny tie-in. There's no law in Alaska. There's nothing. It's fucking wild west, dude. Real it's all west. fucking northwest gri- grizzlies and shit. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Do you know that there's a pyramid in Alaska? What? I can sell you some crazy shit. Tell me some crazy shit. I was I was born in Longview, Washington, moved to Alaska when I was six months old, and I was there till I was eighteen. I did not know that. There's a pyramid, and it's underground, and they've been studying it for decades. What? Yeah, Where? it's bigger than Giza. It's um, it's not that far from Valdez, I believe. Hmm. Um, I would have to check on where it's at, but uh, apparently, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a very important person that uh, from the Pentagon that met with one of the lead defense contractors that were studying it. And they were told them, they said, we think we finally know what it's doing. It's all turned on. We think it's suppressing consciousness. That's what he said. What the hell? Fucking wild. I know. Wild, right? Was this, did they discover this? Well, of course they did probably after that giant earthquake that basically like Valdez had to like shift back like two miles. Like they had to rebuild. No, I don't know. There was, there was the, the legend is that there was, an earthquake of sorts and all the seismographs picked up the waves mm-hmm. that come, you know, all the way through everything. And they saw this whole anomaly, like as the, as the, those shock waves went through the land, there was some kind of structure or something that perturbed, you know, on the receiving end of these waves on, uh, and so they dug some tunnels, elevator shafts, made a little strip there to land, and they've been underground studying it forever. Um, the, that's how the legend is. Then the the news did a little piece on it, and then all of a sudden, all that shit disappeared. The people at the station said the guys came in and said, never air this again kind of thing. So, um, But on the deathbed of a couple people that were out there, um, they, they said that they were very aware of it. I think in the beginning, I fuck if I remember correctly, again it was like someone that worked for like bell labs or like 
fuck, who was it? It was some, t- maybe it was more what the, the precursor to AT&T or something like that. Like, I can't remember all the, all the, I don't want to get it all too fucked up. People kind of hang on my words when I talk about shit like this. Mm-hmm. But so the only thing I want to say is, um, yes, there is a pyramid and we've been studying it and I pretty much have said all I know about it. Um, but I got some other theories, but you know, but That's I don't incredible. have any more. Yeah. I had never, I heard nothing yeah. about that, dude. I just started reading, uh, gods. I, I oh, didn't okay, know, cool. I, like I knew you had written some books and worked on like books and stuff. And I started digging back through it and I was like, man, this is a really cool, like idea, this trilogy book trilogy. And like the one right at the beginning, there's a line, I, I wrote it down because if we can all agree that UFOs don't exist, then there's nothing to stop us from opening the files, even the secret ones. And that's like in the foreword. And I was just like, mm-hmm. that, fuck yeah. Like that, that hooked well, me tell, right I away. Tell people, I go, you know, the, the, I tell people this, a very similar thing. I say, you know, the, the UFO UAP task force just mm-hmm. released you know, this, uh, this document and it's like, uh, we can't prove that what it is or whatever. And I, and I tell people, I say, well, if we can't prove it's alien and we can't prove that these, well, we know that they're real, but we don't know what they are, but this is all that we know. Then why the fuck is there a classified version that are being briefed in skiffs to certain committees of that same task force mm-hmm. report? Like why? Like, now, if they were going to say some of these objects are Russian or, or Chinese, that wouldn't be in the UFO task force report. That would be National Reconnaissance Office. That would be geospatial, you know, satellite agency, whatever they call it. Like it would be, it just be, would be in completely different briefings of what they see from, from other places. Um, but the fact that the UAP task force has a classified report, I think people need to take notice of. They also need to take notice of, you know, there's 140 or something, you know, things that they studied and 130 of them, they're like, we don't know what these are. So they break it down in like four categories of what it'd be. It's like a meteorological, meteorological kind of event or something, or something else could be like, you know, it's a foreign adversary or, you know, it's just really kind of vanilla ideas. But the last one, not, it's called NGO, non-governmental organization. So I think people need to notice that yeah it, it's so they need to notice that then they need to read my book secret machines and then they'll start to understand some shit see i need to go back because yeah i started i started with gods and so like i'm i'm about a third of the way through it and uh, it's dense so peter lavenda's like mensa mm-hmm. level genius you know he's a scholar um he's a scholar of the occult the nazis and like ancient religions and shit. And so when I went after him, it was because of all that, because mm-hmm. the UFO thing doesn't live on um, the evidence doesn't suggest it's interplanetary, you know? So people need to understand, um, they need to understand religion, ancient texts. They need to understand the occult. They need to understand esoteric stuff. They need to understand that time is not linear. It's parallel. And once you understand that all things past, present, future exist at one moment, which is what quantum mechanics is kind of figuring out, then you'll realize that there can be parallel realities right here with advanced civilizations that are popping over with frequency, not linear, not coming from Alpha Centauri here. And I'm not even suggesting that that can't happen too, 
but what is happening here is, is a little bit different. And, uh, and Peter goes and does what Peter does. And these books are just like, they're a big read and they're, um, but, and there's so much information in it, but, um, but the idea of God's man and war, that nonfiction trilogy is part of the secret machines kind of idea franchise is that, you know, who are the gods? What were their interactions with us? Who are we as man? Um, and what is the trajectory of this kind of evolutionary, um, when I wouldn't say evolutionary, it's more like social engineering, you know, like what, like, where are we going? What, it, what does it look like we're being shaped to do? And then war is like, what the fuck are we going to do about this? You know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. so that's, that's what those books are about. Dude. I'm stoked because I, I, I wanted to start cause they were nonfiction. I want to start with those and start working my way through that. I had a friend back at home that, that used to like, everyone had like their religion and then there was the people that didn't believe, which was me. And then, uh, he believed that he, he used to say aliens created the idea of God to give humans false hope, uh, or to give humans hope of a future beyond themselves. And I thought that was insane to even think of as a concept. And then as I grew older, I'm like, well, it kind of makes just as much sense as the other stuff. Yeah. You know? It's just, I think, I think that I'll take it even a step further. What if that hope was, was, you know, what if it was manipulation? Like the hope you give this group is different from the hope you give this group and the hope you give this group. Um, you know, what do the angels in the Bible look like? They got white robes, they glow, they scare the shit out of you. They say it's so fearful, you fall to the ground trembling in the presence of an angel. But these are like God's angels. They're great. They're loved. They're awesome. Then why are you on the ground fucking scared? Um, well, what do the Greek gods look like? Well, they got robes, you know, and they glow, you know, and they're yeah. fucking scary, you know. Uh, then you go down to like Montepichu or some of these other places like down in South America, and they have stories of, oh, yeah, these dudes in white robes came and whatever, you know, and then you got like demons, you know, okay. What do the demons do? I don't know. Like little creatures that come in and take you in the middle of the night and you're paralyzed and they want your soul or some shit. And then, uh, you go to the middle East and the Quran and the Egyptian book of the dead and all that kind of stuff. They talk about the jinn. What are the jinn? Oh, they're like these little creatures that manipulate you and come and take you in the middle of the night, whatever. <laughs> then you read the Gnostic texts. And they got these things called the archons. Well, what are the archons? Oh yeah. Yeah. They come in and they take you in the middle of the night. You know, it's like, you kind of start to kind of go, Oh shit, what the fuck's going on here. And so not, I wouldn't, you know, to give us hope, false hope, whatever, as long as the hope isn't the same as everyone else, we're not going to get along very well. And why do they not want us to get along? Probably because if we all got along and realized the fuck's going on, um, we might be pretty powerful. We might be pretty important. We might have, you know, this is like, imagine you have a kid that's like, like, that's like Superman. If he fucking realizes what he can do and all he has to do is like calm his mind and he can like pick up cars and like, he can take over the world, right? You'd never want that kid to calm his mind. Like, mm -hmm. cause you want to be in control. You know, so you would be like, never let that, like always keep the TV on and always keep the fucking people calling him on the phone. He's with friend groups. Never let him sit in the quiet and be calm because he might figure out how strong he is. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's kind of my analogy that I can think of right here in the moment.
you know dude that's fascinating what do you what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on psychedelics how people can tap into the, the people can tap into the 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 part of the brain they say you're you only use what what is the percentage fifteen percent ten percent of your brain if that's even true I use about one one or two percent so of if my you brain. tap into that other five percent and see your potential get that window into there people can lose their minds if they get exposed to that some what are your thoughts yeah. on that is is I've not heard you talk about that maybe you have a million times but. psychedelics are interesting because when people do ayahuasca or DMT. Mm -hmm they tend to see the same things as people have alien abductions. Um, and what they all describe, and it comes through a little bit different for each person, but it's generally the same. Like I could, it's like saying like, Oh, I saw this thing that people live in. It's got wood and it's got this roof made out of like other materials and inside, it, you know, it's nice. And someone else goes, yeah, I saw something that people live in. It's got glass and it's got a flat roof and they live inside. They're all houses. Right. But they're all basically, the same kind of thing. And that's kind of what people are doing with psychedelics where they're seeing the same building blocks, but they're a little bit different each time, but it generally revolves around going into a realm where they see AI creatures that are inhibited from passing through a membrane. But if you go through there, these things are all around you. But if you let go of the ego, then you can pass it a membrane and it's like limitless, unboundless love and light. So what's interesting is if you read the ancient religious texts, there were angels, fallen angels that were jealous of God's love for mankind. Well, what does that mean? Well, what do they have that we don't have? Well, they created the angels or the angels were created and then mankind was created after, but we were better somehow that they were pissed. They were jealous of us, of God's love. Well, what's love? Love is like, um, it's not like, oh, I love this woman, but kind of, because when you love somebody, you want them, you want to merge with them. You want to fuck their brains out, or you want to be around them all the time. You just can't get enough. You know, it's that feeling where you fall in love, where it's like an obsession. Mm -hmm. That's two things coming together. Um, what, so if we trade out that word love for like, you know, unified mind, unified consciousness. Like we're all humans with a receiver and we're tuning in to one radio station. We're all from the same fucking place, but our ego that's created over just living here makes us feel as an independent person, but we're not because what they learned at the CIA and my partner at To The Stars, Dr. Pudoff did this. He created the psychic spy program, which was literally when the government was discovering consciousness and how to use it. Mm -hmm. So basically how this all ties together is what it tends to look like is the universe is somewhat a duality in nature where you have like matter and antimatter or you have light, you have dark, but really it's one huge ocean of thought. And it's like picture like the, all of space in the universe is just one big frequency of thought. And almost like you have a shoebox of light and the same shoebox of pitch black. One's unified mind and one's the opposite entropy, no mind, individuality um, or something. And then you shove those two boxes together, the light dims and the blackness goes into it. And all of a sudden, pop, 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 pop. You have these little stars that pop out in these little dots of light because you merge those two things into the same location. So it's not pure light, but it's also not pure dark. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like kind of poking through. And the way I describe it is 
now you have in a three-dimensional space kind of physical matter that tent that looks to be like the event horizon between two different fields of thought. It's all one thought. It's almost like, you know, I want to murder somebody. That's a low frequency. I want to be Gandhi. That's a high frequency. And you're a radio receiver tuning into the force, the light or the dark side of the force. Mm -hmm. But what's the force? It binds the universe together. Well, what's God? It, it's like unified mind. It's light. It's, mm -hmm. it's the creator. It's the creation. But it has to evolve. It has to grow. So it looks like physical matter in mankind is literally like where the war is happening between. It's the yin and the yang symbol, the black and the white that are coupled together, constantly trying to figure itself out. And, and what I basically, where this all comes down to is it's looking like when you take ayahuasca or a lot of psilocybin or like one of those things, like you, you basically, it just turns your radio receiver into hi-fi. And now, now it's not AM radio anymore. It's like, mm -hmm. Oh shit, this is satellite connection. And so all of a sudden, boom, now you're able to see more frequencies than your eyes normally would do. You don't need your eyes. It's your brain, right? Cause you're already in the field. You're in the ocean. You don't need your eyes to, to do it. It's like, you, you just need your, your body is one giant antenna, your rib cage, your arms, your brain, like the whole thing's an antenna. And so this like hypes up your antenna. And then all of a sudden, what do you see? You see a bunch of creatures that are very old, very powerful, that are more synthetic, that are AI or that are individual, they don't have the feeling, the emotions, they don't have the love, the capability of love. They don't have the capability as a soul that understands what love is. And love is what created the universe. But let's just take that word love out and just say unified mind. Yeah. Um, and so I think like what we're going to realize as we discover ways to supercharge our brains we're going to start to see some of those dimensional realities all around us. It's the same thing that people, you know, a lot of times people that have wounds from alien abductions match wounds from demonic possession. It's all the same shit, yeah. you know, where you have these things that are just out of our visual perception, but are kind of here that are, that can either fuck with us from a distance or create displacement craft and come over and fuck with us, you know, directly, you know, yeah. either way, it all looks to be the same thing that's talked about everywhere. And whether you smoke ayahuasca or drink it or whatever, or you meditate and see it, or you pray, or you fucking create a spaceship where you can change the frequency and just kind of materialize in and out of different time. Um, it's all the same stuff. It's basically it, it's just the, the workings of the universe between one thing where we're all the same and we break off in pieces to evolve and learn. So this God can grow versus over here, synthetic life forms that can't do that, that are jealous of that and hate us for it or something. <laughs> we're trying to be a part of it. And, um, and that's why I think all these, th this is the missing glue for humanity. This was my pitch to all these people and the government was like, if we do this correctly, everyone can keep what they love about their religion. Get rid of all the dogma, get rid of like, Oh, it's like Allah or it's Jesus or it's fucking Buddha. Like get mm -hmm. rid of all that shit. What really matters in every religion people can keep, which is the father, the son, the Holy spirit or unified mind, mankind, 
and the soul. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. What matters in every religion that 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 we that we need to keep really is that there's a physical body that's tethered to unified mind. And we can call it a soul. We can call it a spirit. We can call it the Holy, Holy spirit or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's all the same. You know, my mom's like a full gnarly, like born again, Christian, you know, and which I value that time period in my life as much as I fucking hated it going to church all the time. I thought this shit was crazy. And I was like, just being brainwashed, but I value that they really tried to be loving. They really tried to have moral foundations for the way they live. Um, and I learned how to sing in church. I was so bored. I was like, Oh, playing with melodies and stuff. But, um, but my mom, it's like, I always, I think about like her and I think about how they cling on these things and it runs their entire life. And then, then my mom looks at me with all this UFO stuff. She's like, she's trying to wrap her head around it. But I think that the things that really matter to her is that there is immortality for the soul and there is love out there. And, and I would tell her, I go, you know, she, cause if you ask her, go like, why are you Christian? She'll say, Oh, I know it in my heart. When I found God, this happened. They heal the blind. I've mm-hmm. seen the videos or know people that were there when they're praying over somebody for three days, boom, they're like, they get their vision back. And it's like, I've seen miracles. And I would say, awesome. But guess what? Do you know that they're healing the blind in Islam too? You know that they get down and they pray to Allah or whatever, and they fucking do it. So why is it working over there too? If your God's the only God, because it's not about God. It's physics. It's literally energy healing. Mm-hmm. It's literally consciousness. So just replace, you know, the word God with consciousness, and it doesn't matter what you call it. Now you can like sacrifice a baby and be the Nazis and do ritualistic satanic shit. It will fucking work, mm-hmm. and it might work easier and quicker. But if you sit around in a circle and meditate and make it loving and, and, and you're trying to change the world by projecting love, it will work and might take a little longer, but it will be, I think they found a factor in some of these clinical studies, like seven to 10 times stronger. Mm-hmm. Like it's cause it's coming from source. So you can do both. One's like the easy way to make money. One's the harder way, but more fulfilling, you know? Yeah. So I think we're going to find all these things out and, um, and we're going to look at the universe differently. We're going to look at ourselves differently. And then we're going to, we're going to be in a much better place here shortly is my goal. Dude, that's fascinating. And I, I, I love that with the, the mind, it's not, there's not like an all knowing, all seeing thing. It's like you said, it's evolving. It grows with everything else. It's an orgasm. I said it is an orgasm. I was going to say organism. It's like an orgasm. It's always evolving. (laughs) And then when it's done, you're like super ashamed. You're like, oh my God, what I just <laughs> when you ha- that's that moment of clarity when a guy comes that that three seconds afterwards where you think clearly and you're not chasing anything. It's just like, ah, oh, okay. Nope. What did back it, to what it. Did I, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? I'm embarrassed. Anybody see that? I hope no one saw that. The, the, po- <laughs> the post ejaculate uh refraction period, I think is what Henry Rollins called it. Um we, we straps on a helmet, hits the sink, and then blacks out. Um <laughs> But yeah, but knowing it's evolving is uh, so much more uh, interesting than having something that's all knowing and it's already been done and it's already planned out and blah blah blah. Like, I like that better. I was you. If you want to break the internet, you and Neil deGrasse Tyson should talk to each other. Um, but he was talking about how our little bubble of knowledge is like this, and as it grows, the universe around it. There's more surface area of unknown to touch it and it grows with it. So every the more yeah. we learn, the more we don't know. 
and the more the unknown grows. I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, I think so too. I think that's a, you know, the only problem I have with him is his snarky comments that UFOs aren't real and shit. And I just go for a really smart guy. You're really acting really dumb because he hasn't done any, obviously hasn't taken any time to, to read anything about it, Mm -hmm. but comes out and just says stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like if someone comes and says something wild to me, I, I, I'm not going to be like, "Ah, I'm going to be like, okay, well, why do you say that? Like, where's the data? You know, like, why, how do you come to that conclusion? Because anybody that spends five minutes, just five fucking minutes. I mean, you will not believe the amount of evidence and data on UFOs coming from the government since the forties and every government out there that matters on the thousands of PhDs, tens and tens and tens of thousands of documents mostly declassified a lot of are leaked um, in our best and our brightest and our most sophisticated systems picking these things up, mm-hmm. you know? So DeGrasse Tyson was like, he's got no fucking clue what he's taught. He literally has no clue. Like, and, and, but people listen to him and, 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 and me and all my guys at to the stars, we just, we would see some of the things he said and we would just like be pulling our hair out you're not helping, mm-hmm. you know, you're not helping by being uninquisitive, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, because yeah. people listen to you and the amount of effort to get this shit out of the government of what we've been doing is fucking gargantuan. It's not easy. It's extraordinarily classified. It's extraordinarily dangerous. The national security implications are beyond. That's why they never brought it out. They don't even really know how to talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's kind of where I come in. I, I have some ideas of how to talk about it. Yeah, dude. And that's the thing with Neil. He, he has answers for people that have like a, uh, immediate question, but he doesn't have anything for, uh, you know, he'll, he'll answer their questions and he makes it fun. The stuff you are privy to, you can't divulge like that. So you kind of have to sit back a little bit and let him do his thing when you know, you know what you know, you can't just, well, here's what it is. Here's the answer. Here's the, here's this, think yeah. of it this way, you know, I, I know bummer. that's, I've been in that situation now for a while yeah. and it's, it's really frustrating, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I've also, um, I've also, I've also understand why we're where we are like my views have changed after working with a bunch of people at the government and keep in mind my company was founded by the head of the ufo program mm-hmm. that was nominated for a nobel you know he's like in his eight he's like eight, he's like a big deal yeah um it was me yeah. him and then one of the senior leadership of cia director of operations which is the clandestine service this is a spy but he moved his way up to the executive management team mm-hmm. of the agency and and then to bring on all the people around there, like Lou that ran the program, it was his program. And then um, Colin Kelleher was the daily scientist under Hal and um, head of counter biological warfare at CIA and the head of uh, information technology at the White House, which is like National Reconnaissance Office stuff. I mean, all these guys are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I've learned so many missing pieces to this UFO thing in the sense of a national security angle on and why it matters and what the stakes are. Um, and I, and it, it's changed my thinking on, you know, it's given me a lot of compassion for people that like 
DeGrasse Tyson that just does, he just doesn't know anything. And, and it's giving me a lot of compassion for people that need to learn slowly and digest this slowly. And, and lastly, compassion for the people that have all these secrets and not bringing them out because I have an idea, pretty clear idea of why and, and what they're dealing with. And it's, it's, um, it's a big deal. You know, it's like, I tell people, imagine if like you're with your family in a little house and all of a sudden you hear this giant noise and you walk out in your underwear with like a baseball bat. But what you see is like a fucking, like, like, a uh, the most advanced tank from the army, like some Bradley fighting vehicle. <laughs> like, I don't know, like some like $50 million tank. That's got a huge cannon giant laser thing like it's all armored up machine guns 50 cows manned by guys in armor and infrared thermal technology and you're standing there in your fucking underwear with a baseball bat what do you do you know yeah and it's just staring at you you're not quite sure what the fuck to do are you going to go wake up the kids and tell them are you going to scream it out you know so everyone panics or are you going to just watch it for a second take a deep breath and go, it's not shooting at me, but it's here for a reason. You know, let's fucking, let's get some of the smartest guys around without alerting the neighborhood. And let's try to understand this thing. And, um, and that's kind of what it is. It's like, it's so, it's like they always, my, my government partners would always say, it's like handing an iPhone to a cow. Mm-hmm. Like literally, literally, yeah. like it's no joke. Yeah. It's like hand your phone to a cow and tell the cow to figure out what it is and what we are that made it, you know? And, um, and that's kind of what's going on. A bunch of cows are working on this and it's taken a long <laughs> time, but now the cows are like, we think this is used for knowledge. So what do we do? <laughs> you know, we're like, <laughs> we're at that point. Right. You know? So, yeah. um, so it, it's just, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting time, but I think, I think, you know, the world is very close to changing. Dude, I, I, there's a third option, which I'm surprised you didn't come up with, which is pull your underwear down and sit on the bat and freak them the fuck out. Yeah. Go the crazy, the crazy out. Just go crazy route. Like Mm -hmm. they're in the tank and they're watching. They're all, why is he holding a chair? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Uh, I, we've, we've gone over your time, buddy. I, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I don't know if you have anything after this, but I know sometimes they just schedule, you know, hopefully you're not a douche and, and, uh, waste your time. You know what I mean? I know how it goes. Uh, well, yeah, you can have 20 minutes cause you might be a fucking freak. Um, but yeah, I, I figure you have something after this. So I want to be respectful of your time. I know we've gone over and I could, I could talk to you about this for a lot longer. Um, yeah, maybe we can do no, it again sometime, but. Another five, by five minutes, I got to jump on another one, but okay. I, I, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. And, uh, are you're not living in Alaska now though? No, yeah. I'm in Portland, no? Oregon now. Oh, you're in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's up with all those riots right now? Is that Dude, shit shitty, it's scary crazy. or what? It's crazy. This, this Why? whole town. Is Why is it happening? The, well, the proud boys are doing their thing and people are coming there. I mean, people were shooting guns off downtown. Are they no from pro- there? I don't know. I don't know where the I know there's a there's a, a faction of them here, but I I think there's a lot more that are coming in from elsewhere. It's are just they, oh, maybe they haven't heard about all the indictments and treason. Maybe they think they're not going to get caught, dude. Like it's, I, I, it's like weird to me. All the people that literally stormed the Capitol never really thought they'd get in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like 
you know, like, like breaking windows, bats and shit and what they're on their phone streaming it. Like, yeah. what the, like people lost. I mean, I know as a little punk rock skateboarder, like it's kind of like, you're going to fuck with the law. You better have a good escape plan. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you don't. It's like, but now the fact that they're in Portland still coming out as though like no one's eyes are on them. And like, it's the whole, it's weird. But I also wonder why Portland, because Portland's such a rad liberal city and it's mixed with so many cool people. It's got mm-hmm. great music. It's got great art. I mean, everyone loves fucking Portland. Yeah. It's like, it makes, it doesn't make sense. I can understand this in like Alabama or some shit, but like Portland's rad. It's too bad. Uh, you guys have had a lot of crazy shit over the past couple of years. So I feel for you. Well, we appreciate that, man. I, I stepped out of the car at the studio the other day and stepped on a needle, uh, like onto it not not through my foot next like vitamin to, c or something right yeah like vitamin, vitamin c needle c. uh next to a pile of eaten crab legs and that is my analogy on how portland is doing right now it's well you know what it's beautiful this, and terrible at the same time. you're like the crab legs i understand yeah but the heroin doesn't go with crab it, it doesn't <laughs> maybe wow. they're just shooting hot butter i don't know but uh yeah speaking of shooting hot butter dude i, I better get you out of here so you can get back to your your day but Dude, I really, really appreciate this a lot. Yeah. Awesome. And I I appreciate the Anchorage story, too, about the Mason Boogie. Dude. And I hope to meet up with you uh, in person sometime. We'll be up there in Portland in October, I think. So hopefully we'll see you. Dude, right on, man. We'll talk soon. Take it easy. See you, Tom. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tom DeLong from Blink-182 and Angels and Airwaves. He's also from the To The Stars Academy. Um, He's an author a filmmaker you guys doing everything and what a fun chat i I love sometimes where these chats take place because it's funny now i'm in an actual studio and he was in his truck doing this interview when normally i would be in my van with someone else in their area uh so it's cool to flip the tables on that (laughs) and uh hopefully you guys got to see the animation as well uh and and really uh appreciated all that was in there because lacy does the most amazing animations her her cues she uses uh the little easter eggs in there if you read like the names of the books on the shelf like if you dig in that deep to these animations they are super deep and really cool uh so big thanks to Lacey for doing that big thanks to jimmy throgmorton for getting tom on the show thanks to chino for putting the word in his ear um you know chino uh is a is become a good buddy of the show and i really appreciate him and and the things he does for us um, to, to progress this thing. So shout out to Chino if you're listening. Thank you, brother. Um, and thank you guys to you come back week after week. Thank you so much. But if you're new to the show, uh, definitely give us a follow, rate, review, subscribe, all that business. Uh, and I'm just really in a good spot. I really feel good. Um, you know, the, the Twitch stuff's going well. Just wrapping up that one with uh, Yvette Young for the fifth anniversary uh, week is is uh got me all fired up and and excited so um just a lot of good things happening guys i love each and every one of you very much thank you so much for spending your time with me uh and as always we'll see you on the radio
Ready for a head-bangingly good time? Dive into the world of heavy metal with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Here, we don't just talk music. We welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the headbanging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast.